Good morning. Praise God. The only thing that that video didn't say that is together we are unstoppable. Amen. Amen. And that's that's what we're 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 looking at. We've looked at for the last two weeks, and this is number three in the series called Unstoppable. And actually, this is the last one. The series Unstoppable. Um, it, we've been talking about our mission here at, at Middle River Assembly of God, and and. I want to thank you so much for everybody who has, who has just leaned into this and who have agreed to be part of the church here, um, to, be, um, to love, connect, and grow through knowing God and serving our community. That's what we're here about. It's what, amen? That's what we're here in Middle River about. Um, I'm curious, though. How many of you feel like you're called into the ministry? Okay, I've got, I got one hand that, that went up, and I'm looking for some good staff members. Okay, always looking for some staff members there. But, um, the, the pay's not great, but the retirement plan is, is fantastic. Um, okay, so y'all, y'all feel like you're called into the ministry, or maybe not, I don't know. But our mission here is to love, connect, and grow through knowing God and serving our community. That's what we're about. We're not about building a building or, or a, a denomination. We're not about, you know, getting, you know, all the kind of stuff. And, you know, it's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. So that's our mission. Our mission is to love, connect, and grow through knowing God and serving our community. And we've kind of... Boiled that down to just four words. Love, connect, grow, serve. Love, connect, grow, serve. And any of you that's on the, on the internet, you go out, if you, if you um, search that hashtag, hashtag love, connect, grow, serve, you'll see that our, our church is there. It should, we pop up on the social media uh, for that. And, and that's what we're about. But let's see how this plays out in Scripture. Let's see how this plays out in Scripture. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 uh, and 12, this is what the Word of God says. The Word of God says this, and it should be in your notes there. It says, it, it was God who gave some to be apostles, and some to be prophets, and some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare whom? To prepare, that was a little weak there, let's try it again. To prepare who? God's people. God's people. And prepare them for what? For works of ministry or works of service. So who do you think God's people would include? Very good. Us, okay? God's people would include you. So if you're, if you're, called to be the pastor and teacher, then it would be my role to prepare who? As the pastor teacher, to prepare who? Okay. So if the church is functioning as she should, the five different calling, or well, the five different works there, or the, the people there, the prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, um, they would prepare God's people. That would include you, Right? For works of ministry. 
for works of ministry. And we're going to dig into that a little bit. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you, Lord God, for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for the sacrifice of your son, Jesus, and how you have brought us here to this place, Lord. So that we can dig into your word. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be the teacher today. And help us glean from your word the the words that you have for us. Amen. So you are God's people. You are God's people. And if I'm reading scripture correctly, that would mean that if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Christ, then that means that you should probably see yourself called as a minister. Now you might see, might say, well, wait a minute, Pastor, I, I don't. I don't know if I want to quit my job and, and go to church, go to work for the church or be a missionary or whatever. I hope not. Because truthfully, you may be able to do ministry right where you are, right in your neighborhood, right in your job, right in your family that I can't do, that I can't reach. That you can go places where I can't go in the name of Jesus. And I I hope that you'll actually see the fact that God is calling you. If if you're a believer in Christ, God is calling you to minister to others. So let's, let's try that question again. Okay, see if we're on the same page. Let's see if we're paying attention here. How many of you feel that God is calling you into the ministry? I got a few more hands. Amen. Yes. God is calling you into ministry. And here's the thing, though. I want to talk to you who were voted to, um, who who graduated the top of your class. Those of you who are confident and talented, voted most likely to succeed, and you 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 were likely the best athlete or the most talented. I want to say... Something to you. First of all, I've got great news for you. And that is God can still use you. You might be the best, the prettiest, the, 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 the you know, most athletic or whatever. Most talented. God can still use you. But here's the thing. He prefers to use just ordinary people. God uses Everyday, ordinary people, average people to do the work of the ministry in Jesus' name. You might say, but I don't feel like I have much to offer. You're incredibly uh, deceived because you've got the Spirit of God in you. If you're a believer, man, the Holy Spirit can empower you to do things that you never thought that you could do. So I want you to write this. Actually, I think it's in your notes. It's in your notes there, but if if you want to highlight it, that's great. Because I've heard this before and you've heard me say this before. God doesn't call the prepared. He prepares the called. And you are called by God to minister to others. And he will prepare you on the journey. And God specializes on using ordinary people. And then what we're going to do today is we're going to look at at three different portions of scripture. Each talking about a very ordinary guy named Peter. Now Peter messed up all the time. But God did extraordinary things through this ordinary guy. One time, Peter and John, they were, they were preaching. 
And they got arrested and the religious folks got together and they were trying to figure this out. How could God do so much through these average people? This is found in Acts chapter 4. How could God be using these people to do so much, to, to, to do so many things? And Acts chapter 4 verse 13 says this. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled. Now what kind of men were these? Say it with me. They were unschooled and what? Ordinary men. They were astonished. They were like, wow. How could God do so much through these ordinary people? They were astonished. They took notes. Or they took note that what? These guys had been with what? They had been with Jesus. These ordinary, everyday, average guys were doing something that was supernatural. And how were they doing it? Because they had been with Jesus. Now here's the beauty of it. I want you to see this. The word that is translated there uh, in the Greek that's translated the word ordinary, it should be something else. The reason is, is because sometimes the Bible translators are very polite. Okay, The word in the Greek that is translated ordinary people there is the word idiotos. Can you say that word out loud? Idiotos. Okay? Um, and here's what the word means. It means ignoramus. Ignorant. An unlearned person. But quite literally, it means idiot. Unschooled. Idiot. And that's what the word should say. They, they were astonished that these uneducated idiots were doing what they were doing. Now this, this encourages me. Now don't get me wrong. A couple weeks ago, I know I called you guys a bunch of butts. Okay? But this has encouraged us. It encourages me because I know that I'm surrounded by idiots. I'd be one too. But here's the thing. My wife will talk to me about this later. Okay. So don't come yelling at me. Okay. But my wife will come to me later and she'll say, Hey, hon, you do realize that that makes you the chief idiot, right? Okay, <laughs> I love being around idiots who are simply foolish enough to believe that Jesus is who he says he is. And I can believe, or, or, or those same people that, that believe that Jesus can do what he says he can do. People that believe that, that things that people, other, other people say can't be done can be done. That we believe that God is who he says he is and God does things that no one else can do. 
When Jesus came and he said, basically, I'm here, he says, I'm here to bring life and life more abundantly. And, and he goes out and he finds these 12 people. He trains them and he gives his life. He's, he's, he says he's going to die and, and go to heaven. And, and I'm going to trust these 12 people to carry on. Well, Jesus died. He was risen again. He was resurrected. He walked among the people. And then he was taken up into heaven. And he basically tell, tells these 11 that were left behind. He said, man, I trust you with my message. The world called them idiots. They were unschooled. They were unlearned. They were plain, ordinary people. But Jesus says, I have entrusted you with my command. And and, and what did the saint do? He said to go out into all the world, baptizing people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them everything that he had taught them. Idiots. Unschooled. And Jesus entrusted them with the most important message, just not at that time, but forever. Think about that. Who were the 12 that he chose? Were they the best writers? The brightest, the most talented? No, actually these were ordinary people. He chose uneducated fishermen. He chose a tax collector who was despised. He chose some guys that, man, they lost their temper. And Jesus would hang out with these people. And who did Jesus hang out with? He hung out with prostitutes. He hung out with people who were accused of being drunks. He hung out with people who had questionable behavior. But think about this. Who did he not call to his inner circle? He didn't call one single person from the religious establishment. He didn't call a scribe. He didn't call a Pharisee. He didn't call a Sadducee. He called everyday ordinary people. The others called idiots. You see, the day system is all messed up. I mean, think about this. You go and look. It's it's funny because if you go into the back of like some Christian magazines, you can actually, there's actually a job section there looking for pastors, okay? And you you can look for like ad for senior pastors and they're looking for a senior pastor and then they list blah, 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 these qualifications and what they want is they want a senior pastor who's been in ministry for 10 years. He's married. He has a seminary degree. His wife plays piano. You know, all these things. They're listing these qualifications. And when you think about it, with all these qualifications that they list, Jesus would not have qualified. Jesus started his ministry at around the age 30. He was only here for about three and a half or, or two and a half years in public ministry. 
The guys that were closest to him, it, it really his closest ones were uh, at the most were 12 close ones. And then inside of that was it was like three or four of them. I mean, yeah, he had followers who would follow him all the way around the, you know, the, the Sea of Galilee and everything. But that's because he fed them. But he wouldn't have qualified to be a pastor of a church nowadays. Man is looking for people who fit into the world system. God is looking for ordinary people. Because they can be dangerous. They can be just foolish enough to trust God with everything that they have. Everything that they are. Now we're talking about those people who, who believe in Jesus. To follow him no matter what the personal cost. I believe that you are a church full of people for Jesus. Amen. And we're growing together to see who he is. And who he wants us to be. And we're willing to settle for nothing less than what God wants us to be. And a couple of thoughts about that. And I hope, I hope this sinks in. People who have been with Jesus, number one. I can't remember if I put this in the notes the way I'm going to say it here. Idiots who have been with Jesus give their whole life to Jesus. Not just an hour a day on Sunday or an hour a week on Sunday, but their whole life. Their whole lives. In fact, Peter is the guy we're talking about here. He was, a, he was undoubtedly, he was an idiot. Okay? He was a fisherman. And one day, Jesus walks up. And, and, and Peter didn't catch anything. And Jesus comes along and he says, hey, try the other side of the boat. I mean, think about that. You're in a boat. You've been fishing all night on one side of the boat. And this guy walks up and says, hey. Try the other side. And what's Peter do? Peter says, okay, let's try the other side, guys. I mean, you know, four feet apart. Didn't catch anything. What do we got, what do we got to lose? We'll just throw the net on the other side. And, 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 and what happens? They got so many fish that they freaked out. In Luke chapter 5, verse 8, it says, When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees, and he said, Go away from me, Lord. What kind of man did he say he is? He says, I'm a sinful man. He recognized Jesus. When you recognize just how holy God is, at that moment you'll see just how truly sinful you are. Peter said, I'm a sinful man. I'm not good enough to be here. Go away from me, Jesus. And Jesus looked at the at, at this sinful man. He said, he said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you'll catch men. From now on, you're going to be a fisher of men. You're going to make a difference in people's lives. Even though when you don't feel like you're good enough, if you don't feel like you know enough, when you feel like you're an idiot, from now on you know that you can make a difference. And here's what 
Here's what scripture says. I don't want you to miss this in verse 11. Verse 11 says, so they pulled up their boats on shore. And what did they do? They left them there and followed Jesus. Now we think, well, they just pulled their boats up and and they left their boats there. They left their careers. They left their livelihood. They left their dreams. If they had family, they left their family. And they said, we're all in for Jesus. We're going with Jesus. Notice what they didn't do. What they didn't do is what we see that today in a lot of the churches. They didn't say, dear Jesus, I believe you're the son of God and I'm a sinner. Please save me and keep me out of hell and get me into heaven. Amen. And then go on with their everyday life. They didn't pray a prayer that was self-centered. They lived a life that was Jesus-centered. They were willing to leave everything. It's like this. You Christian, you good Christian folk, I know you don't play poker, but have you ever watched it on TV? You see these guys sitting around the table. Come on, you've seen it in movies at least. Oh, you don't go to movies, okay. Um, Okay. Uh, You've seen the poster or the painting of the dogs playing poker around the table. At least, okay. So they're sitting around, these guys are playing poker around the table. And, and, you know, they may chip in a, a... a chip now and then, you know, okay, I, I think I have the best hand or whatever. But you ever see that guy that goes, I'm all in and he just takes all, everything he has and just shoves it into the middle of the table. They give it all up just for the chance that they might have the best hand. And you see, that's what these disciples did. They didn't just chip in a little bit of their, okay, I, I'm going to give every... Sunday morning to you, Jesus. Or I'm going to give Sunday morning and Wednesday evening to you. The rest of the time's mine. Now, what they did was, and I'm all in. They shoved it all into the center of of the table and they said, God, it's all yours. I'm all in. Everything. 24-7, 365. I'm with you, Jesus. And I believe that that's what God needs us to do. God desires us to do just to go all in. Just to be ordinary people. Being all in for Jesus. And the second thing. If you've been with Jesus. You're unstoppable. You're unstoppable. Go something like this. If you've been with Jesus, you say something like this. We don't just go to church. We are his church. We are his church. If you're, uh, if, if, if you're close enough to Jesus to say, God, I give everything to you. I am part of what you are doing here on earth. I am the church. I just don't go to church. I am the church. That means the way you live in here, the way you want to be in here, you should be living out there. 
You know, many times we gather together and we say, God, you said if we get, if two or more gather together in your name, you're in the midst, you know, and we pray that here on Sunday mornings. But you know what? When you meet other believers out there and you're gathered together, you start talking about what God is doing. You know what? God is in your midst right there. How do I know that? Because I know, because I've felt it at the workplace. I felt it. We're unstoppable because we are his church. We partner with the Holy Spirit. And when we partner with the Holy Spirit, there is nothing that we can't do in the name of Jesus. Peter and John and others, they kept going, man. They had gotten arrested. They got beat. They got released. So what were they out there doing the next day, man? They were out there preaching Jesus again. You could criticize them. You could beat them, but you couldn't stop them. You could threaten to kill them, but you couldn't stop them. They were, kind of, they were causing all kinds of, of, of havoc in the, in the religious system. And they were arrested again. And they said, what are we going to do with these guys? Should we beat them up again? Should we lock them up, throw away the key? Or should we just kill him? And this very wise man stands up. His name is Gamal. And this is what he said in that situation. He said, okay, take my advice. Acts chapter 5. He said, therefore, in this present case, here's my advice to you. The, leave these men alone. He said, leave them alone. Let them go, for if their purpose or their activity is of human origin, what's going to happen to it? It will fail. Look, if this church is built on personality, if it's built on, on some kind of model, if it's built on who I am, if it's built upon what the Assemblies of God not the word of God, just the assembly of God, it's going to fail. But if it's built on the word of God and what Jesus said and what God calls us to do, I'm going to stop right here for a minute. I love the assemblies of God. That's why I'm part of the assemblies of God. I believe in what the assemblies of God says. Okay? But one of the biggest things that the assemblies of God says is the Bible alone is our true source of everything that we need to know about God. Okay? We've set up these beliefs, these fundamentals, 16 of them that we believe in. But they're based upon the Word of God. So I don't want to sound like I'm knocking the assemblies of God. I'm just saying that if we build anything, it's going to be on the Word of God. It's going to be on the fact of what Jesus did on the cross. That's what we build upon. Amen? Because when you do that, when we say we believe you, Jesus, it doesn't matter what it costs us. Because if, 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 if it's from any other source other than Jesus, 
It's going to be like what Gamaliel said there. You're going to find yourselves. He, he told them that if it's, if it's human, it'll fail. But if it's not, you're going to find yourself fighting against God. <coughs> so we stand on the word of God. And when, a, when enough of us get together and say, we believe you, Jesus, it doesn't matter what it costs us. It doesn't matter. We're going we're gonna to give our lives to it. It's all about your name and your glory and your kingdom. You cannot stop people like that. You can threaten them, but it just makes them more determined. You can persecute them. It just, it, it just cleanses them and makes them more righteous. You can, you can even kill them and it inspires the rest. You can't stop them. <coughs> Last week, if you missed it, we talked about five things. <coughs> Excuse me. There's five things that we agree on here at church. And we're going to go through them real quick. Number one, we're going to do anything short of sin to see people come to know Christ. Anything short of sin to reach others who are not, who don't know Christ. We can do more with less. Number two, we can do more with less. kind of forced to around here but that's okay God's got it all under control number three we agree we agree that we can do more together than alone <coughs> the world calls that synergy by the way when, when all the forces get together and start pulling in one direction we can do we can move more together than alone It's not about our name. It's about his name. Amen. Number four. We're a micro church. Amen. We're, we're small. Okay. But compared to the need, we're a micro church with a mega vision. We have a mega vision. To reach the whole world for Jesus. Teaching them everything that Jesus taught us. Baptizing them in the name of the, uh, the name of the uh, Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Excuse me. And number five, we agree that we can make a difference. We're going to be in here until the job's done. We're not going to be one way on Sunday and something different out, uh, the rest of the week. We're going to make a difference as a church. We're going to realize that the church does not exist for us, but the church exists so that we can proclaim to the world who Jesus is. And it doesn't matter who comes through that door. It doesn't matter what they look like, how they're dressed, how much money they make. They're welcomed here. 
We're going to be accepting and full of grace. And when people come in here, they're going to say, you know what? I may not believe in that Jesus thing. I may not believe everything that they believe. But man, I like going there because they love me. And I don't agree with everything they say. But I hear it because they love me. And we're not going to compromise on these values. And I believe that we're in the last days. And I believe that God's going to use this church to reach our community for Jesus. Not because Pastor Mike is called into the ministry. Not because his wife Tina is called into the ministry. But because we all are called into the ministry of serving people. Love, connect, grow, serve. I don't know what's going to happen in the next few years. Only God knows that. Anybody that says that they can predict the future is wrong because the future is there to be created. We don't know what's going to happen. God does, but we don't. But I hope that you see us as as people who are gathered together, who are partnered together, who believe that Jesus is, simply believe that Jesus is who he says he is. And he's calling us to love, connect, and grow, and serve. That's it. That's all I got. I don't know what else to say. Let's say this together. Together. If we believe that Jesus is who he says he is, and we believe that when we, we can do more together than alone, and let's move forward with Jesus. Together. And if you're a believer and you say, man, I love what you're saying, Pastor. Let's just come in and join. This place is a, is, is a place where we can gather together and, 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 and follow Jesus. Amen? Amen? Where we can just go in the name of Jesus and be united in what he's doing through us. Praise God. So let's pray. Everybody bow your head. Dear Heavenly Father, I praise you and thank you, Lord God, for these fantastic groups of people that you have given us, that you've given to us, Lord God. Father, this ecclesia, this, this gathering, this body of believers, Lord God, I believe that we are truly on fire for you, Lord. And that when we follow you and we're anointed with the Holy Spirit, we are unstoppable. So, Lord, we put our trust in you and what you say. We put our trust in the leading of the Holy Spirit. Yes, 
who is the one who will guide us unto all truth, Lord God. Open up your word continually to us and illuminate our path every step that we take. Hallelujah, Lord, we yield to you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. If you keep praying, please keep praying. If there's anyone here this morning, whether you're watching us on Facebook, on YouTube, or whatever, or if you're in this building, you've been here for the service, you've seen the communion, and you've heard me talk about Jesus dying on the cross for you. Let me tell you, the Bible tells us that we have all sinned. That we're all separated from God because of that sin. But the Bible also tells us that God proved his love toward us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He did not wait for us to get our acts together and become righteous. He sent his son to die for the sinners. That's me, that's you. So that if we believe in his name, if we call out to him and ask for forgiveness, we would be forgiven. We would have fellowship, we would have a relationship with God the Father through the work of Jesus, the Son. <coughs> so this morning I'm asking, if there's anyone here who you don't, you don't know Jesus. You don't know where you stand with God, but you would like to know. You would like to surrender your life to him and follow him and go all in with him. If that's you this morning, you just raise your hand. Thank you, Lord. So let's pray together. If you're on watching us online, you can pray this prayer. And we're all going to pray it together. Amen. Heavenly Father, I need you. I need your forgiveness, your grace, and your mercy. I thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me, paying my debt for my sin. I accept that sacrifice and ask that you would accept me and forgive me for those sins. I give my life to you because you gave your life for me. Use me, Lord God, to reach others for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.